I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I'm Christine. (laughs) (laughs) The queen of transitions is back. Oh my god. I heard you're not only one maid of honor, but two. Does that make sense? You're a maid of honor to two of your friends. Three? Three. Ew. Oh my god. One of them already passed. Two of them are coming up. Okay, the one that already passed, we're not counting right now, okay? This is not the history. Okay, two this year. (laughs) You're like... 20 in my whole lifetime. Oh my I'm basically 21 always. That would be ideal. <laughs> but yeah, I am going to be a maid of honor twice this year for two of my best friends, Iris and Pauline. And it's actually Iris's bachelorette this weekend. Oh my God. I know. I'm really excited. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of girls. It's like an exciting time in our lives. There's like a lot of change coming. We're like awkwardly in our mid-20s. So like half of my friends are getting married and the other half are like, I will never find anyone to love me. (laughs) (laughs) Forever alone. And it fluctuates between, you know, day to day. Like, oh my God, being single is great. I can just watch Netflix in my bed all day. And then other days are like, oh, I'm very sad being on hinge swiping (laughs) well actually we're planning on doing an episode on online dating versus like christine and jack's like seven-year relationship yeah keep an eye out for that in the upcoming weeks i'm gonna go through your hinge account which honestly i actually would love that because like i have criteria that christine's like what why is that a criteria? Oh, ho, ho. You will see. <laughs> she literally said like, oh, if a guy has a photo with a fish. And I was like, I'm not computing anything that you just said to me right now. And it's just like, trust me. If he's holding a fish, that means he's like into like deep sea fishing or like fishing in general. And I'm just like, really, I can't really motion sick on boats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We'll save it for that episode. I, there's a lot to yes. uncover there. There's a lot to divulge. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So then how do you feel that now two of your childhood best friends are getting married and going to be someone's wife? It's crazy. It's interesting because like, I feel like in today's day and age with couples, they move in together before they get married. So I feel like it doesn't feel as big of a move. I feel like with a lot of my friends, they've been with their SOs for long enough that they almost feel like they're married, Mm -hmm. but I'm really excited for them. I really am. At the beginning, it was like really overwhelming because they all happened so quickly. And I think that I was also in a more insecure stage in my life where I was like, oh my God, like this is actually happening. Like my friends are actually getting married. I feel so far from that, but I feel like I'm at a much better place now where I can like truly, truly be happy for them. And like, I'm like ecstatic that, you know, we get to do bachelorettes and like bridal showers and like the weddings are coming up. It's all very, very exciting. I actually have three weddings this year, but I'm only in two of them. Yeah. (laughs) 
okay, just calm down. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you're such a great friend. But yeah, no, it is really surreal to hit the momentous moment, the momentous moments in your life with your friends. Exactly. It's just so interesting and also Wild. like just yeah. really fulfilling to see your friends and yourself go through those moments where you kind of pictured all throughout your entire life and then here it mm-hmm. is before you know it kind of surreal yeah it's crazy because like we used to talk about this all mm-hmm. the time in high school and then now it's we're happening. like it's like happening it's happening so well i mean <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about besties and friendships, let's talk about fighting with friends. <laughs> smooth. Super smooth. Uh, yeah. So today's topic is a topic that a lot of people have brought up with us that they're currently going through, that they have been through. And I mean, me and Regina have gone through too. Mm-hmm. So fighting with friends is a very common thing. It can be really taxing. It can be really tiring. And it's really frustrating. So we wanted to go into, you know, how do you deal with it? How do you (laughs) deal with a friend that you love so much, but also makes you so mad at the same time? And sometimes like with certain friends, some friends are really open and honest and communicate every feeling that they have. And other friends are totally non-confrontational. So they just keep it inside and keep it inside. And before you know it, they blow up. So what are some of the things to keep in mind when you're fighting with a friend? How do you navigate your thoughts and emotions that are kind of swirling in your head? And when is enough enough? Like, how do you learn if you want to keep growing with a friend or that you've outgrown a friend? So yeah, these are some really tough things to get into, but also things that everyone experiences. So let's get into it. For you, Regina, How do fighting with friends usually start? Even before you get to the confrontational part, like the actual fighting. Yeah, I'd say with my friends, it's usually the little things, kind of like minor tics that may not super bother me at the time. But when they like slowly start to build up, build up, build up, I think that that's when I start becoming more I wouldn't say explosive, but just like I start harboring it more. For me, I always try to let things go because I feel like, oh, most things I don't think are worth fighting over. So like for the most part, I'm like, oh, if it annoys me, but it's not that big of a deal, I'll be like, oh, I'll let it go. But then I think that after letting go like quite a few times, then it'll start like kind of boiling in me. And then that's when I like start getting really annoyed. And I think now with who I've become, I can start sensing like when things are starting to to bubble up and like address them quicker. But I definitely think that when I was younger, I was not as good at understanding those emotions in me and it would bubble up and like bubble over. And then the other person would be annoyed with me because I wasn't telling them why I was annoyed with them. And then that's when we would get into like more like disagreements. But I think now that I can kind of sense it, then I think that even my friends can tell when I'm starting to get annoyed with them. And so they'll be like, hey, let's talk if I'm not the one to initiate it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you start noticing that you're getting annoyed, do you say something? Yeah, I think that now I've gotten a much better about it where if there's something that like really hits like a soft spot, I think I'll be more quick to bring it up. 
But for the most part, there was a lot of that like, oh, the way you said that really hurt me or blah, blah, blah stuff in like middle school, high school. And I'm really lucky that I have a lot of the same friends from my childhood. We've kind of gotten to a place where we understand each other, but it took a really long time to get here. Like, I think it took a really long time to like understand each other's love languages and understand the way that each person treats someone that they love and care about that I had a lot more of those in like middle school, high school, when we were trying to figure out like who we were. Right. But, you know, even as adults and growing into friendships, there's a lot of things that are shifting and evolving within us. Drawing boundaries with friends can be difficult, you know, especially when you've had such a long friendship with them. Like sometimes it is hard to just bring stuff up and be like, actually, that did bother me or that didn't sit well with me. I'm learning as an adult, too, that it's hard to find that balance of letting things slide Mm -hmm. and internal internalizing it and like, how can I change the way I think about this or the way I'm interpreting inside my head? Mm -hmm. Or is it me having to draw some sort of boundary because I feel like something that that person's doing is conflicting with my values or how I feel about myself or our friendship. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think those are some of the things that really tend to build up and bubble up before an actual fight ensues. So what actually happens when... (laughs) The big fight happens, Mm -hmm. right? When you actually confront each other and things get really intense and all the pent up feelings come up like anger, resentment, and just feeling hurt. Have you ever been in that situation with a friend? Um, I think you'd know the answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that the fight slash like argument that you and I had late last year slash like earlier this year was probably... One of those where I definitely like saw it coming. Um, I didn't expect it to happen on that like specific day, but I could definitely tell that like you and I were not on the same page. And with our different personalities, it was like really hard to address that because I think that we were both trying to make each other happy, but then we also like weren't giving each other what we wanted. And then I think that that, bubbled up into like resentment and anger and the feeling hurt that you were talking about earlier because both of us kind of felt like, oh, but we're trying to do what the other person wanted. But in reality, like, I don't think either of us wanted what the other person thought that they wanted. (laughs) Right. If that makes sense. (laughs) This is like the friends, like, if you know that they know that they know, we know that they know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So that was something that I was going to mention in our intro of what we're going to get into for this episode. But Mm -hmm. me and Regina wanted to share and elaborate on a recent fight that we've had. Like Regina said, it happened, I would say, end of December, but it had been bubbling up. Mm-hmm. since yeah November but actually even actually before that just our friendship in general I think like there were a lot of things that came to head and climaxed during the actual fight that came out but they were never brought up before mm-hmm. I am someone like I said who's really open and I will say exactly how I feel when I'm feeling it I realized it became an issue when I would just not even think about what I'm saying. I'm just like, I need to express how I'm feeling it when I'm feeling it without really taking into account what is making the other person feel. Because I was really writing on the whole like, well, this is me being honest and my friend deserves honesty for me because honesty is probably one of the highest values in my life. 
But I was not realizing that when I stop to calm down and not react, my mind actually has time to process what it actually means and how I'm interpreting the situation. A lot of times in the moment, especially for fighting, if it's with a friend or a close one, I'm really interpreting the situation in a really biased way because I'm feeling all my feels. And leading up to that point, I've already established a story about what was happening, what was going on, and seeing the other person in that light. So I think, you know, looking at it now through life coaching, I really understood that all of that was just because I was trying to protect myself. And I hurt the deepest when I fight with people that I love. At the end of the day, what I learned is just to ground myself in my intentions with that person or that friend or that loved one. And usually when I bring it back to that, it just comes back to love. I love them very dearly. And the last thing I want to do is to hurt them. We can disagree, but I don't want to hurt them, you know, and sometimes being honest, it's in the way that you execute that honesty that makes the difference. It's not just being honest, it's the way that you execute it. So that's been a ongoing lesson that I've been learning. Actually diving into our fight, we wanted to actually walk through the process of what we both felt leading up to it, as well as the actual fight itself and then post fight. <laughs> Sounds like I'm talking about like a match, <laughs> like one of those like WWF things post fight. Anyway. Yes. So, you know, leading up to our fight in December, I think Regina and I were coming from two very different places mentally. And I don't think it really hit us until we were actually making plans for Perfectly Imperfect. We knew that Regina had just moved back. We knew that there were things in her life that she still were figuring out and piecing together. And for me, I had just started life coaching. So in that, we were already mentally having different goals. I think Perfectly Imperfect, because it was that one shared project that we have together and we both really care about, we were like, okay, yeah, we knew we wanted to do season three, pick it back up. But what else do we want to do with that? And that's something that we had been like thinking about and talking about for a long time. My level of how I wanted to grow and the next steps I want to take with my life, I really want to bring Perfectly Imperfect with me on that path. And the more that Regina and I talked about it, the more that we realized we were just in two separate places. I felt a lot of times, like Regina said earlier, I was trying to do the things that I thought that she would want, which was just giving her her space, deciding on things while also trying to make momentum, but not pushing her. Obviously, that didn't <laughs> come across, but that's what I was doing consciously on my end, on what I thought would work for Regina. But on the other hand, I was suppressing a lot of my own feelings about how fast I wanted to move and what I wanted to accomplish. So there was a lot of frustrating moments in every time we met where our energies just were not matching. But we tried. I think that's the thing. It's like we really tried. The longer that we sat in it, the more frustrated I think I started to feel. I think the big fight really happened when we confronted it. And what I thought of me confronting it, I thought it was the conversation before our actual fight. And Regina actually took really well to that. So I was not expecting our big fight to happen during that conversation either. So it would just show that we were just both reading each other at very different places of our viewpoints. And when we finally got it all out, we've learned a lot about how each other processes things and as well as how we can better communicate with each other. So that's my side leading up to the fight. Mm -hmm. How about you? Um, yeah, 
Uh, I definitely can agree with you on a lot of things. It's actually quite interesting to hear what you have to say about it because I feel like there were a lot of similarities, but I think that I had my own feelings about it. So like that's what I internalized. I definitely agree that when I first moved back to LA, I think that I thought my transition was going to just be a lot easier. I was like, this is my home. You know, I grew up here. I know people here. My parents are here. Like this is going to be an easy transition, but it ended up actually being like really difficult. My last year in New York my life was kind of all over the place. I just didn't really have a stable anything because I was just trying out a bunch of new things and nothing was really sticking. But I don't know if I really allowed for anything to stick because I just think that I was in the wrong space mentally. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of my close friends even said this to me where they were like, you know, you keep pushing things back. Like you keep saying, oh, I'll deal with it when I get back to LA. I'll deal with it when I get back to LA. And then I got back to LA and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to deal with any of this. So I think that coming back, I had a really hard time just kind of transitioning back into it. I was on the job search, actively looking, but not really knowing what I was looking for, feeling quite unmotivated. You know, moving home is great because, you know, I'm thankful that my parents are letting me stay rent-free. Life is comfortable in LA. You know, it's not as cold. And I think I just kind of fell into that comfort. So when Christine was like, hey, let's do the podcast again, I was like, great. Yes. Like I need something that I can start accomplishing and feeling like good about again. And so I was like really excited. I think we were both, We I think the thing is we both started equally as excited. And that was what was so difficult about it. Because like we both knew that this is what we wanted, but we wanted it in such different ways. And so I was still kind of in the mess of like, oh, what do I want to do? Like, you know, how much time can I commit to Pip at this point, et cetera. And I think that Christine kind of was riding this high of starting life coaching. And I was so happy for her, but like, I just didn't have that same motivation level to execute at the rate that she wanted to execute. And I think that it was also really hard for me because a lot of the things and the topics and stuff that she was choosing had a lot to do with life coaching. And I felt pretty like shit about myself at that point. And so like, it was really hard for me to grapple with like, how was I going to talk about, you know, the rising of the Phoenix kind of topic when like, (laughs) I didn't feel that I was just like, I don't, I don't know how, like, I have nothing to say about this because I just wasn't in that space mentally. And then I think that I was hoping for some more understanding from Christine only in the sense that I know that she's also grappled with like feeling very unmotivated. And so I think that I tried to be realistic with the amount of time that I could give, but with that lack of motivation, it probably was even less than that. And so I think that the discrepancy of me being like quite sluggish plus Christine being like, oh my God, let's like do all these things. I was just like, oh my God. Like I was feeling very overwhelmed, but I wanted to do those things because I was so happy that Christine has found this like new passion, but like I didn't know how I was going to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And then I think that during our fight, I felt like quite attacked In the sense that like, I know you are trying to be like, oh, I'm expecting like 100% and you're giving me like half of that, you know? I think that the thing that hurt was that you like questioned my work ethic. And I think that that just really hit home because I feel like that was something that I always prided myself on. So I think it just like hit very like 
soft spots. And at the time, like the idea of you doing another project or something else, like without me, I was just like, oh, wow, like this really sucks, you know? And so it felt very like you were going hundred miles per hour. And because I couldn't keep up, I was like being left behind. Yeah, yeah. So I think that all of those feelings together, I just like felt a lot of anger and resentment because then I just felt like, oh, our friendship doesn't mean as much to you as I thought it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was really hard for me to grapple with too, because you and I are such different people when it comes to emotions. And I know that we've talked about that a lot in this podcast, but I think that it could not have been more apparent than that like conversation. It was like four, like three and a half hour, four hour conversation. Your mouth just like kept going because like, that's how your mind thinks. And I think that your brain is very connected to your mouth versus like mine is not (laughs) as. And so then I was just like the whole time, I literally just I just remember the phrase that I kept saying over and over again was like, I'm speechless. I'm speechless because like I had no words. Like I take a really long time to process my emotions. Like it's really hard for me to understand what I'm feeling. And I'm not the type of person that says like the first thing that comes to the top of my head, though I will say that in that conversation, like I probably did more so than I normally would have. And so I think that even with Christine, what she said was like, oh, that's definitely like the most emotions I've ever seen you exude. What is the word? Like show? (laughs) Show, (laughs) not exude. Emit. (laughs) Emit, (laughs) yeah. Like a Bluetooth signal. (laughs) Um, The connection was really strong. (laughs) Yeah, the connection was really strong. But yeah, like I think that it was really hard. I knew I was angry. I knew I was upset. I was trying to rationalize, like, I think that's the weird thing about my brain. Like, I think the only person that I will just straight up fight with and not think about is probably, like, my mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then with everyone else, like, when I get mad, I actually think, like, should I be this mad? Mm -hmm. That's what my brain is thinking about when I start feeling really upset. Like, am I allowed to feel this upset is, like, my first thought. Mm. That's so interesting. There's something there, but we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how I felt throughout that conversation. And then I think at the end of it, Christine kind of put it on me to be like, all right, well, you know, I think we've both said everything that we need to say. You need to decide what you want moving forward. And that was like Christine saying that to me mm-hmm. because of like the anger that I felt like, I didn't feel like I wanted to talk about it right away versus like, I could tell that Christine's like, all right, so like, we're done with this conversation. I'll talk to you in three days. Like, I, I, like that was like the vibe that I got. And I think actually from, it wasn't because I, okay. I walked away from that conversation because I've never seen you that upset or all the emotions. We've talked about this in past. We've even made an episode about how she doesn't feel, you know, yeah. that she doesn't <laughs> show her emotions. Yeah. But, that I was just totally blown away from just the intensity of how you felt. Even if you didn't feel like you connected from your mouth to your head, I Mm -hmm. felt like you did communicate a lot of things that I've never heard you say, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why a lot of the feelings that I had walking away was like, ooh, I remember telling Jack, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know because I've never been in this situation with Regina. I've never seen her feel so much (laughs) and then react that way. So I really had a big question mark in terms of our friendship. Mm -hmm. Honestly, 
Yeah. Well, for me afterwards, I think that, I mean, I think we went a good like three weeks, two and a half weeks without talking. And I think I needed that time to kind of let it uh, marinate, I guess, in my brain. I think typically when I have like disagreements like this, like I typically will go to like my friends and like ask like, what do you think about the situation? Like, am I overreacting? Blah, blah, blah. But in this situation, actually, like I kept it to myself because I felt like I needed to rationalize how I felt on my own um, Mm -hmm. before going to someone else, you know? Because usually when you go to someone else, it's just for someone else to be like, yeah. It's like validation. Yeah, exactly. Validation. And I think in this situation, it was different because like we had been so close. So like in a way, like I knew you cared. So it was like hard for me to grapple with like our, you know, seven plus years of friendship that plus like what had just happened on the phone. And like those two ideas were like so contrasted that I didn't know how to put the two together. And I think that's why I needed that time to like really like mull it over and like think what I really wanted to say to you and how I was going to say it to you. And I think that that's what happens with a lot of friendships where it's like, okay, you fought. How are you going to go about it now? Right? Like, are you going to mend it? Are you going to let it go? Do I even want to move forward with my friendship? Yeah, exactly. Like, what does Mm -hmm. this mean? And what does this say about my friend and Mm -hmm. our friendship? Sometimes you can, a lot of times for me, (laughs) when it comes to friendships and fighting with friends, I go to that depth. I'm like, oh my God, what does this mean? What does this say about them? And what does this say about me? You know, and it just gets really heavy really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a downward spiral. It's like an argument. It's like the angel and devil inside of your head. Seriously. Um, And it's like, really, our fight was about like, which milk tea we wanted to Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, you're just going to get green tea, not milk tea. What does this say about you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for like being so open and honest and raw about that. I know how hard that is. And I mean, Regina and I have had a talk after our fight and to re kind of just (laughs) reconnect and kind of process everything that happened with each other. But we really haven't divulged it in detail like this, you know, Mm -hmm. so hearing your perspective and your thoughts and you saying it out loud really means a lot to feel what you felt at the time. Mm -hmm. And for me, while we were fighting, I as much as (laughs) as much as I was talking, my mind was also mind blown, you know, just because I didn't know how to process all your emotions and feelings. And I don't think either of us were expecting that conversation to go that way. In the past before life coaching, my way of fighting with friends, especially close friends, is for it to get really raw and it can get really intense. And the way I express myself, it can really cut and it can really hurt. So when it came to our fight, maybe you didn't feel this way. But for me, I felt like there was a real conscious effort on my end to hear you Mm. versus me having to get out all the things that were bothering me. Mm -hmm. I felt that we were kind of leading up to that with the different conversations up until that big fight. But I think it was when I was citing specific examples as to why I was saying the things that I was saying and, you know, coming to the conclusion that I was going to start my own podcast. And I think in that is where you, well, I don't want to fill in the blanks for you, but I could definitely understand if that felt like I was attacking you because I was citing really specific examples. 
And that really wasn't my intention to be like, well, you didn't do this. And this is a, like the intention was to instead of just grasping it out of thin air and having it seem like I was just not necessarily making stuff up, but just kind of like having no evidence to support what I was saying. I really wanted to communicate that this is something that I really, really thought about. It wasn't like a quick decision that I was like, you know what? I don't need Regina anymore. I'm going to start my own podcast. And to this day, it still holds absolutely true. And I think if anything, I was trying to stay grounded in my intention of what is it that Regina wants? And this is something that we talked about afterwards that we realized a lot of what perfectly imperfect had become was a lot of of me pushing for my ideas because I'm the more outspoken one. Mm-hmm. And Regina usually is like, okay, <laughs> if you feel that strongly about it, sure, mm-hmm. you know? So I think Regina had in that conversation, in her fight conversation, really communicated that where she didn't feel like she was as part of the process. I mean, even leading up to it, since you've moved back, we've had several conversations about you trying to find what was it that spoke to you. And I really didn't want perfectly imperfect and where I had imagined it to go to not be aligned with what you really wanted. But I think you were having a hard time answering that for yourself, which is why I was really unsure of how to help you or that if I even should be helping you in that way, because I know so much of that is dependent on your own journey and your own time and self-discovery. But I knew that in my heart, I wanted to move forward with something aligned with life coaching. And, you know, actually in hindsight, it worked. You know what I mean? It actually was a really great solution to it because what we're doing and talking about with Perfectly Imperfect, especially with season three, Regina's actually, like most of these topics are are from Regina, you know? So I think us growing from that experience and being honest after, I guess, learning to trust each other with our feelings more is a big takeaway from that big conversation. For me, again, it really was going back to my intention of what was it that I loved about our friendship. And to me, I have said from even before we started PIP, I was like, I never want business or anything to get in the way of our friendship, which I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, guys, like seriously, (laughs) like you guys should know better. But I think coming out of that fight and kind of going into the unknown period of what would happen with our friendship and what would happen with PIP, I really took a moment to be like, well, what is it that is the most important to me about Regina? And what do I love about Regina? And that really helped center me on how I wanted to move forward and setting aside my ego. Because I mean, yeah, after a fight, both sides can feel really hurt. And sometimes we don't acknowledge our feelings. Sometimes we really want the other person to take ownership of some of the things that we're saying and vice versa. And then ego really gets in the way. It's like, well, I'm not saying sorry if she's not saying sorry. Sorry, you know, and it kind of gets bigger and bigger in each other's heads. So I think for me, after our fight, I mean, yeah, I just really realized that, you know, I love Regina. I love her as a person. I love her perspective. I love her journey. And that our friendship, like this fight doesn't have to define our friendship or who we are. You know, I think there are things that we learn about each other and that adjusting and growing and seeing how that friendship can bloom, giving it that chance versus just giving up. And I, in my past, really give up on a lot of friendships because that's my way of protecting myself. I feel like, oh, if I already let this person in and we're getting into a fight and they're hurting me like this, then it's kind of like a relationship breakup. I'm like, oh, if I break up with them first, then, you know, then at least I feel like I have some sort of control. But it's really not that serious. And to be honest, a lot of times I look back at my friendship breakups in the past 
And I'm like, it didn't have to end that way. And a lot of that was because of my ego and because of me feeling hurt and acting out of hurt. So yeah, post-fight, what did you feel like you walked away with? Yeah, uh, I think for me, post-fight, after those like couple weeks, I had talked to two people about it. And I think that after speaking to them about it, one of whom also knows you, it was easier to like understand my feelings, I think. Mm -hmm. And so when we had our like post-fight conversation, I actually like wrote down all the things mm -hmm. that I was feeling or like that our fight had made me feel yeah. per a suggestion from Sheena, my, one of my other best friends. And I like didn't even get through half of them because I could feel that you were being super attentive. I think that's the thing in a conversation like post-fight is that both people need to be like open, right? Like if you're trying to have a post-fight conversation or even like in-fight conversation and you're saying things and the person just is defensive, yeah. I feel like the defensiveness is what turns into anger. But if both sides are kind of like, okay, I can see where you're going with this. Like I can understand why you're feeling that way. I think that it's much easier to have these conversations. So I feel like with our post-fight conversation, I went in being like, these are all the things that you made me feel. And like, these are all the reasons why I was upset. But Christina ended up being so like, oh, I'm so sorry. I like totally understand where you're coming from. And like very understanding that even though I had like this list of things to go through, <laughs> like I could feel that like, obviously that was kind of like a one-off situation. And I think that during that conversation, like we really listened to each other's needs. And I think we both apologized for pushing one another in directions that like the other one didn't want to go in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like thought back to, you know, all the years of our friendship and what Christine means to me. And it's crazy to think that like when I met Christine, I was 19. Yeah. It's been, oh, it's been eight. We're going on eight years now. <sighs> you met me at such like a transformative like period over my life. The 19 year old that you met all those years ago. I'm, I'd like to think that I'm a lot different now. <laughs> you are, but also the same in many great ways. You know, the fact that I can <laughs> still call you Regini Weenie and you still laugh about it. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the, she's like, we actually. We apologize to all the AT&T people who were on that shoot. <laughs> but yeah, like when it went back down to the basics of it, like I knew that we both deeply cared about one another and we both want the best for one another, but wanting the best with one another doesn't always mean doing it together. And I think that that's something that's really hard to deal with in friendships because when you have a best friend, you just want to do everything with them, right? Because like, you're like, oh my God, like I found my person or my people. And like, we're so similar in all these ways. So like, it must mean that we like need to do like everything together. But what I realized is we as people are just so complex and so we have so many feelings and emotions and interests and hobbies. Just because like you have the same level of interest as someone doesn't mean that you want to do the same things as those people. And I think that that's what I learned about friendships. Like 
friendships are, <laughs> I always use this as an example, but like friendships are about sacrifice, right? Like in the sense that like, I really love going to museums and my friends are not that into them, but they will go with me and grin and bear it because they know that I like it. But that's not to say that, you know, when Sheena wants to go to a sports game, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. Like, I'll go. I'll, I'll drink beer. I'll eat garlic fries, you know? So like working with one another and helping the, each other with your guys' interests, but not necessarily like having to like pursue it wholeheartedly together. I think that's fine. Like Christine and I actually have a lot of similar interests, but sometimes our goals are a bit different. And I think that's kind of really what it came down to with Pip, where, you know, for us, this is more of a passion project for us. As great as it sounds, I think for both of us to turn this into a business, like I think that we have very different ideas on how that looks. And that's okay. For us to keep the podcast as a hobby is actually like really great for us. Like it gives us a chance to really deeply talk about these topics the way that we typically would and produce content that we're proud of and is super meaningful to us. So I think post-fight, it really was just how I think understanding and open Christine was to hearing my feelings. Having an open mind and an open heart, thinking about what this friendship truly, truly means to you. You know, if this is something that happens constantly and you guys are constantly just not on the same page, bickering, arguing, and neither of you guys are really giving each other what the other person wants, sometimes it's okay to let that friendship go or maybe not be as close because what I've realized is as you get older, you just don't have that much time. The amount of time that you do have, like you want to spend it with the people that you care about and that add value to your life and you add value to theirs. And if you're just not getting that, then in a way the friendship isn't helpful for either of you guys. Cause then you'll start feeling like, oh, I have to cater to this person and I have to walk on eggshells around this person, you know? And then I just feel like friendships where you can't be your true self aren't really worth having because you don't get that intimacy or that like level of understanding that I think we as human beings just seek. Mm -hmm. So well said. Wow. So well said. I feel like you covered mm -hmm. so much of the things that we wanted to leave and have people take away mm -hmm. possibly that can help them in their friendships. Yeah. A good question is, do you often feel drained by your friendship? Because that's a clear sign that maybe it's time to step back or step away because, you know, the people that you spend the most time with actually become you. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be spending that much time with someone in your life, yeah. it is really taking note of how do you feel about that? Do you notice any changes about yourself that you're not, you know, very happy about? And that, you know, my takeaway is that it's okay to fight with friends. It's okay to disagree with friends. You know, that sometimes I think we try to do everything we can to avoid disagreeing with a friend or arguing with a friend because you can walk out feeling really icky or that, you know, the cost is your friendship. However, with conflict comes growth. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. If you feel disrespected by your friend, if you feel shaded by your friend, if you feel aggravated by your friend, it's okay to feel how you feel. Just like it's okay for your friend to feel how they feel. And just acknowledge that, you know, instead of being like, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, but it's like, that's, you can't change the way that you feel. 
But you can really try to internalize and be curious about why you're feeling that way. A lot of times how we feel, how we think other people are making us feel really has nothing to do with the other person. I'm not saying that like your friends don't annoy you <laughs> or they don't do things like really valid to piss you off and get you frustrated. However, sometimes it could be a projection. And I notice with myself, I interpret what they say totally different from what they actually said because I'm already having a dialogue within my own mind about what I think they think about me, what I think that they walked away from situations with about me, but that's not what they're saying. So I think for me, life coaching has really taught me to just listen because a lot of times I mean, I would say for everyone, Oprah says this, people just want to be heard. And I think at the end of the day, when your friend is bringing up something or that you are bringing up something, you just want to be heard and acknowledged for feeling that way. Mm -hmm. They don't have to agree with you in terms of why you feel that way, but acknowledge in that you do feel that way. That's just what it is. Yeah. And I think them making like a conscious effort to like not keep doing that. Like if you're right. like, like, I really don't like it when you talk about like this or say this about me. Stop talking and about my mama. Yeah. But then that person <laughs> keeps doing it. Then like, I feel like that's a pretty clear sign of knowing like how much that person respects you because a true friend will never say something that hurts you like voluntarily or like, intentionally you know, sometimes intentionally. And so if it is something that you've mentioned several times and they keep doing it, then that's that's definitely like, it's a strike in my book. <laughs> yeah, it's really something to yeah. ask yourself, is that the type of person that you want in your life on a consistent basis? And also it's a reflection of how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you allow someone to keep disrespecting you, then that's the level of respect that you have for yourself. So these are all things to think about and you know decide if you want to keep growing with a friend or it's time to let it go or step back. Right. Because sometimes like it doesn't have to be a friendship breakup. It could just be mm -hmm. a friendship uh, backup <laughs> hiatus or just like a step back. I haven't had as many friendship breakups, but I've definitely had friends where I was like very, very close to them. And then now like we don't talk as much anymore or at all, if that. And it really didn't have anything to do with our friendship. I mean, I think we've done an episode about this in the past where sometimes friendships just fade yeah. and that's okay. There doesn't need to be like harsh feelings in order for it to be like, all right, the friendship is over, right. you know? The most important part is what Christine said, which is, you know, how do you feel post a conversation with someone? How do you feel post hangout with someone? Do you feel like warm and fuzzies or do you feel upset and anger <laughs> for the most part? Like I do feel warm and fuzzies even after just hanging out with like a really, really good friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a very good telling of how you feel about the friendship overall. Totally. So, you know, an update with me and Regina is that if you guys can't tell already, we are still friends. <laughs> Actually, we're recording these episodes out of anger. Yeah, we're just like, you know what? I'll show you. You know, <laughs> Perfectly imperfect. Honestly, it's so, you know, just this is just something that occurred to me now. It is something that really continues to grow with us. And I feel like Pip mm -hmm. is really a reflection of my relationship with Regina and what we still go through as women and friends. So now Perfectly Imperfect, I feel like it's really what it's always been, but even more so of us being more genuine. And to be honest, I don't know if we could have done this topic season one or two. Mm -hmm. I mean, probably not because we, we hadn't had a fight like that. <laughs> it would have been a much different conversation. But exactly. Yeah, I agree. The growth is real. 
Yeah. Uh, warm and fuzzies. I'm so glad that we're able to share and be vulnerable from what we've went through and still go through. It's not to say that obviously our relationship and friendship are perfect. That is really the heart and soul to perfectly imperfect. Yeah, thank you, Regina, for being so open and honest and raw about everything and still being my friend. <laughs> thank you. I can't fathom sometimes is like how much you believe in me and like we believe in each other. Mm. I think that that was always the best part of our friendship. Aww. I believe in yeah. you so much. I really, Aww. really do. And I know that your path will lead to you changing the world with your own special touch. And that really is just, this is part of your journey. But I have no doubt that you will do it with a bang because that's just how you are. You're Regina Fang with a bang. With oh fang. God. Fang with a bang. <laughs> fang with a fang. <laughs> There, there's your new company. That's my uh, new slogan. Yeah. <laughs> you start getting really weird inquiries. Yeah. Oh, what is- <laughs> They're like, um, um. So thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. If you are ever curious about what we're up to during the week, I'll link our socials in the description box below. And it would mean the absolute world to us if you could rate and subscribe to us on iTunes so you get our episodes onto your phones every single week. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.